Hello, critical thinkers. Today we're talking about the art of persuasion and in particular some techniques from health coaching that you can use to influence yourself or others ethically, of course. And uh, this will be a very health coaching heavy episode, uh, but not in a boring way. I have a lot of interesting stuff ahead. Uh, let's see here. In particular, how you can crush your goals, communication, cheat codes, internal and external influence tactics so yourself and others, and how you can make big changes like quitting, smoking, all of that and more ahead in today's episode. So let's get into it. So health coaching is still kind of new. At least it's still emerging as a popular field. And so when I tell people that I am a health coach, some think that I am a fitness trainer and I'm going to tell them which exercises they should do. Some people think that I'm going to tell them what diet they should eat. They think I'm a dietitian. Uh, others think that I'm going to take away some of their behaviors. They, they might lie to me or, or leave things out when they talk to me because they think that I'm going to judge them. And, and so none of that is the case. That is not what I do as a health coach. Uh, health coaching is very conversational and it is all mostly focused around behavior change. And there's a lot. I had a lot of realizations lately as I thought about putting this episode together. And, and a big part of what we do is we help induce that flip of a switch that some people describe. Uh, so we tap into the potential that's already there. And, and here's one way to think of this. I don't know. This is still a new thought, so I don't know how this will be received. But sometimes people have big things happen to them in life. Maybe it's uh, a death in the family or a divorce or, or maybe even a, a wedding, something more positive. And moments like that sometimes prompt self-analysis, introspection asking a lot of questions, reevaluation. And by asking those questions, some people decide to make some big changes. That's when you see things like, hey, you lost a lot of weight. What happened? Oh, I got divorced. And, <laughs> um, but, but part of what we do as health coaches is we help to ask those questions without some sort of traumatic event like a, a death or a divorce. Um, you know, because sometimes if people are comfortable where they're at or for some reason they're they're just not on that level of introspection, it can be helpful to have an outside party ask certain questions uh, that could lead to some very powerful changes. And that's where that flip of a switch comes in, because whether we're talking about health coaching or whether we're talking about one of those big events, some people might describe those experiences as, oh, like a, a it's like a switch flipped and then everything I could just do it on my own. I was very motivated. That's when everything changed for me. And that's what we try to do as health coaches. This isn't an ongoing thing uh, like therapy where some people do this for years and years. The idea is that we help 
find that switch, flip it, and you're good to go. At least the, the really good, masterful health coaches try to do that. And only the individual can decide to change a certain behavior. You know, I, I can't do something for you. But there are sort of tricks around, like getting around that, that advertisers, marketers, propagandists all use these same tools that health coaches use to influence you in some way. And I've said this before in many different episodes. Uh, I've probably said this the most in episode number seven with Laura Timbrook. That's from her podcast. And that's the entire episode where I talk about that. And marketers, advertisers, propagandists, whatever their goal is, it's usually, uh, there's a song and a dance around it. It's concealed in some way. Sometimes, you know, um, it, it depends on exactly what we're talking about. Uh, and, and health coaching is no different where I might know that there are certain behaviors or certain things that would help you with eating and, and exercise and all these things. But I never want to outright say like, hey, you know, here's what we're going to do today. I know you said you want to lose weight. You're going to eat a salad. You're going to exercise this often and for this many minutes. And, and that's just not how it works. It's a, a process, a, a dichotomous process, because on one hand, it is just a conversation between two people. But on the other, other hand, it is a very complex type of chess, really. Uh, we're each making our moves because we're both there for a shared purpose. If I'm meeting with a client of mine and I'm, I'm the health coach, uh, we're both in a partnership trying to move you closer to your goals. So there's a back and forth. You, you tell me some things based on some questions, and then that prompts new questions. And, and um, it can be very complex because there are things I can and cannot say. There are some subtleties to it. Where I've said this before, but like another example here, quitting smoking. Somebody comes to me, they want to quit smoking. How effective would it be for me to go, okay, uh, well, today you're going to quit smoking. That's your goal. Just go do that. Uh, or today you are going to, if, if you smoke 20 cigarettes, I am telling you, you're going to smoke 15 cigarettes instead of 20 every day. I'm telling you what to do. doesn't work. If anything, you might want to smoke more cigarettes. So we're there for that shared purpose of getting you to quit smoking. But I can't say something like that outright. I have to sort of be a little bit concealed. I have to concede the argument in many instances like i discussed in in my bad arguments episode i might have to go yeah i, I agree with you yes because I, if i disagree with somebody then i get pushed back and, and we create an adversarial relationship so there are a lot of complexities to this but before i complicate it let's get back on track here uh, i do want to emphasize that even if you have no interest at all in health coaching that's fine uh, but i wanted to make sure this is an episode with a lot of valuable information for anybody to improve their health their critical thinking skills, improve their life, their communication, any of that. And continuing on that, intricate communication skills are used in health coaching. To be more specific, we have to spend a lot of time learning uh, from certain textbooks that go on about motivational interviewing. This is 
asking questions in a certain way to deliberately elicit a motivational response. Because I mean, on the other hand, I can ask a whole set of questions to demotivate somebody. We know that questions can be very powerful. Like if I wanted to, and I don't, but if I wanted to demotivate somebody, I could say like, why do you keep failing at this? Like, why are you, I could be mean and, and like call them names. Like, why are, why are you a loser? And not advocating for that, but I'm trying to, to highlight a point here. You can say things a certain way and that will motivate them to, to maybe not work on their health. That would be very bad. So motivational interviewing is uh, tell me about some of your strengths. Tell me about some big accomplishments you've had lately. And so that starts eliciting some of the positive. They start entering in their heads a more positive place. They start thinking of their successes. And this makes it easier to move them in a certain direction if that's where we're trying to go. Or even things like appreciative inquiry, very much in line with motivational interviewing where I'm asking questions in a certain way to, um, to acknowledge certain things about the client or the member. There's nonviolent communication because there is a confrontational aspect to health coaching where sometimes I have to challenge you. I don't mean confrontational like, like in a mean way. Uh, confrontational in a technical sense, like you are confronting certain things about yourself in a health coaching session. Hey, you've had this goal for some time and you haven't been able to meet it. What, what's going on with that? What obstacles are you facing? And sometimes people realize, like, you know, not, not all the time, but sometimes people realize like, oh shit, you know, I, I think I've been my own worst enemy here. Me, I am the one who has been holding myself back. That does happen. And that process can be very confrontational, especially when someone doesn't want to accept that yet. And we sort of stumble into that. And then they might think I look like a bully. And so I, that, that can be a, a whole mess uh, because sometimes truths can be difficult to face. Thus making this sometimes a, uh, well, not just sometimes, but often uh, a challenging thing to be a health coach. And I quite enjoy the challenge. I, I was originally fascinated with health coaching uh, because I, as I learned more about it, I recognized those influence tactics in what health coaches do because I've always been obsessed with propaganda and, and uh, influence. I, my bachelor's degree was in psychology for that reason. And I was listening to an episode of the Joe Rogan podcast where I heard Chris Kresser talking about many of the problems in the modern healthcare system and how health coaching was in many ways a solution to those problems. And that piqued my interest. I didn't immediately look into it too much, but uh, I just kept hearing more and more about it. And I eventually saw it as a way to apply my psychology skills. And uh, I've been happy with it ever since. And the thing, like those similarities with propaganda and health coaching is like both of them share the fact that you want to influence people to do certain things without necessarily them realizing exactly what you're doing and that goes back to what i said before like i don't want to tell people like all right like you're gonna exercise and you're gonna eat this and like i'm not telling people what to do in that way there's a type of subtlety to it and the goal really is to empower them so even though propaganda is often seen as a bad thing 
Uh, I'm trying to flip that switch in a way where they can do their goals and they can work on their health or whatever it is in a way where they don't have to be told to do something because I don't want to tell people what to do. So health coaching can, can be propagandistic. And even further, if you still doubt that, part of what we do as health coaches is we listen to such an extent to what you're saying to kind of use it against you in, in like the best, most positive way. So we might call on like to what your strengths are and your past successes and all those things that I've said before. And we're really listening deeply and we have like, I, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm going to save that for later. Because what about when you start talking negative and you come up with your weaknesses and all these obstacles? Because then I can pull out those tools for later and go, okay, well, earlier you were telling me about times you overcame obstacles and you told me about your strengths. Like, how do those factor in here? And I'm really just using those things that you externalized and sort of throwing them back at you so you can use those tools at your own disposal. It's kind of fun. Most people know what they need to do. They just get stuck for some reason. Most people know that they should exercise. They know that they should not eat shit food. They know that they should not surround themselves with people that are not conducive to the goals that they might have. If you want to um, be healthy, if you want to be a, if you want to be someone who doesn't smoke cigarettes, well, you know that you shouldn't be hanging around people who just chain smoke cigarettes. You know this, but people get stuck in in. Uh, having the right information, making certain decisions, overcoming obstacles. And so that's where externalization, articulating things out loud, expressing your thoughts, all can help move things forward. If I think for you, if I tell you what to do, I have failed at my job. I am not here to give you orders or make decisions for you. And that's why when, when people hear that, like, well, what the hell are you doing then? Uh, people don't know exactly what we do. Uh, but you know, we know that these tactics are used for behavior change around health and other things already. These are the same tactics that governments and political institutions and corporations already use against us in many different ways. They manipulate the environment to produce a certain re result, whether we're talking about the candy bar at the checkout aisle at the grocery store, or whether we're talking about uh, posters being placed in a certain way to motivate you to think something political or social media campaigns to nudge you in a certain ideological direction. There are individuals and organizations with their own agendas and health coaches are part of that now. We are, we have our own agenda, which is a good one to try to wake people up, empower them, make the world a healthier place. And we're using all the same tools that the propagandists and the marketers use. And more, right? We're not only using those tools. Because we have to, we've got to know our stuff. We have to know health. And especially if we have a certain niche, we have to understand that niche. Uh, there is some housekeeping stuff that is related to health coaching. Uh, so this can be relevant to anybody and that's goal setting one thing we do as health coaches is we help people reach goals by breaking them down into smaller pieces and that isn't exactly intuitive or easy to do all the time some people you know they they might have a goal i want to lose weight i hear this a lot 
I want to lose weight. Well, that's, that's more of an idea than a goal. Uh, even I, I'm going to lose weight is a wish. So I am going to lose weight by exercising at Planet Fitness for an hour, five days a week. And on the weekends are my rest days. And I'll do that for two months before I revisit the idea. And like, so that's at least more specific. Um, and I mean, there's a whole lot of intricacies to that too. Some people fail to set specific goals because when they define the parameters of what they're reaching for, well, they might fail and people don't want to admit failure or to even present the opportunity for failure. And this happens both with individuals and both with sometimes coaching clients. Some people hire a coach and they feel better right off the bat and they might you know, hey, you know, I don't, I don't really want to make this goal any more specific, and and they'll do that uh, because if they do, they might fail. I see this sometimes, and um, yeah, it's tough. I I can't. There's certain things I can't fix. People have to make these decisions for themselves, and this is true of health coaches and business coaches, any coach. But around goals, let's say someone has a, a goal to start a business. Part of what makes that sort of thing difficult is you could break that down infinitely into little bite-sized pieces, and that can be paralyzing. Where do I start? I, I don't even, like, there are so many things to do. I don't even know what the first move is. Same thing with losing weight. Same thing with changing your diet. Same thing with improving your sleep, reducing your stress. We help you figure out where exactly you're trying to get to with those things. Break it down, leverage your strengths in order to help you succeed. Consider overcoming obstacles, whether they are some sort of physical obstacle, like a, a family member that is a bad influence, or whether they are psychological obstacles, fear of failure, self-sabotage, things like that. And so one takeaway here might be to not be afraid of confrontation. Whether it is a coach confronting you in a positive way or whether it is you confronting yourself about some psychological obstacle that, that you've sort of been brushing aside, sweeping under the rug that might be holding you back. When it could be you just move that one piece in your mind. And that opens up the floodgates for success and positivity and health. I've had a lot of powerful experiences, not only with myself, certain realizations, but with clients. I, I had one who, who realized that part of what was really motivating her deep down inside was her mom died recently and, and she wanted to make her proud and and you know she felt like her mom was looking looking down on her and once she, that clicked for her and she realized that it she was able to really hold it consciously and then she just crushed it she just was able to do so much more and there are things like this. I mean, that's just one unique example. Um, but people have all kinds of things going on in their heads, rolling around in the back of their head, and they never really think about it. 
And sometimes bringing those things to the forefront can change lives completely. And it can be rewarding for uh, both parties. And that might sound a little... There might be some skeptics out there. Um, But we know that this works not only from the research, not only from my own personal experience and the experience of many other health coaches, uh, but there are, I mean, health coaching is an entire industry along with a similar industry of the uh, quit smoking industry. And although in some instances, pharmaceuticals are used, we know that many people are able to quit smoking just by coaching programs where they use uh, sometimes board-certified health coaches, sometimes not. And just through conversation and some sort of extended ongoing process, many people are able to successfully quit smoking. And it's not like we inject them with something that like turns that part of their brain off and they never want to smoke again. No. Through conversation, through exploration and inquisition, something clicks and they change their behavior. And that's a challenging thing to do because smoking is physically addictive. But by merely changing thoughts, someone can change their behavior. And and you might ask, why is it easier for some people than others to do something like quitting smoking? I would argue, and I don't think you'll be surprised by this based on my messaging, but if propaganda caused smoking, propaganda can help to end it. So propaganda causing smoking, meaning the glorification of it in movies and TV shows, within your social circle, if it's accepted in the environment that you're in, if your coworkers, all of them go out and smoke, that can be very propagandistic. Now, let's say, on the other hand, you, that same person in that same environment, were suddenly switched into an environment where people were revolted by smoking. I don't mean people who just like kept to themselves and didn't smoke. I mean people who like really reprimanded you, looked down on you for smoking. I'm not advocating for that behavior, but as a, a hyperbole here, as a, a like a big contrast to highlight what I'm talking about, if somebody that if a smoker was in that environment where you basically had stones thrown at you for smoking cigarettes, Well, that same propagandistic effect, your environment, your surrounding, the messaging in your environment, all that influence would very likely make you not a smoker. And so that's part of the process of somebody quitting smoking is not to find people to throw stones at you and and ridicule you, uh, but to change your environment in a way where your environment is more conducive to the goals that you have. So you associate with people who are not encouraging that behavior. You maybe change your home around so that those triggers, those visual triggers of cigarette smoking are not there anymore. Make it visually different. If you have certain inclinations that might cause smoking, like a certain work break at a certain time, maybe you change the the habit to do something else. Maybe you change the time. There are a lot of different things you can do. And so the people who get stuck smoking cigarettes, it's really, uh, at least in part for some people, a failure to create the circumstances to allow them to be successful with their goal. And until they make those changes, whether we're talking about cigarette smoking or any other type of change, things will not change until 
the circumstances allow for it. And somebody has to create those circumstances. Positive peer pressure. And for some people, just, you know, if somebody is listening to this and they do smoke cigarettes, this is just one example. But uh, there is a book, The Easy Way to Quit Smoking by Alan Carr, has helped some people quit smoking. And that's just a book. It is the sharing of information. It is, at its essence, propaganda. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody can read that propaganda book and then quit smoking and change their life. So. I'm not saying anyone needs to propagandize themselves if they want if they want to make certain changes, uh, but that is basically my message here. You don't have to do anything, but I, I find it very effective, and it's supported by just about everything that could possibly support this idea. Indoctrinate yourself into being a non-smoker. Indoctrinate yourself into being somebody who eats healthy. Indoctrinate and propagandize yourself into being that healthy person, whatever it is you want to be. Because sometimes we can get stuck negativity, stuck where we're at, comfortable with our identity. And if our identity and our comfort is in line with the worst version of ourself or just a mediocre version of ourself, we could be squandering our potential. And this is what I mean when I say confrontational, because not everybody is willing to say that to somebody else, that you could be squandering your potential. Is this the most, I wouldn't say this to a client, but you'd find a way to dance around the question of like, is this the best version of you? Are you the most mediocre version of yourself right now? Or could you be doing better? Again, I, I wouldn't call somebody mediocre, but the essence of that sort of question, like, are you, are you the best version of yourself that you could be? Chances are the answer is no. Like we, we all have room for self-improvement. If you're like, 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, and you said, yes, I'm the best version of myself that I could possibly be, and you have years left to live, I think you might be fooling yourself. I think we always have room to grow. So just saying that, I'm not trying to insult anybody. Like, you could be better, but we could. That's the truth. And so part of what is required for behavior change with health, with quitting smoking, with exercising, or diet, whatever it is, is to build a strong case for change, to build the environment for it, to change the, the environment in your head. We talked last time about narratives and, and how your thoughts, your reality in your head can be thought of as, as stories or a type of argument that's constantly ongoing. And so part of the coaching process or part of the process that an individual will go through to change themselves will be a changing of the narrative that goes on in your head. And that can be tough to do on one's own. So sometimes a coach can help. And I highly recommend the book, Thank You for Arguing. I mentioned that in one of my previous episode uh, episodes. But it's great not only for health coaches to help better understand their clients and the narratives in their heads, but it can help health coaches improve their coaching skills but beyond health coaches, it can help individuals better understand themselves. It can help you understand some of your own thought processes and some of the good and bad arguments in your own head. And not only that, it can help you understand others because everyone else also has arguments that are ongoing in their heads. And most people, as a matter of fact, everybody has arguments in their head that are wrong. I'm not saying everybody is wrong about everything, but 
everybody's wrong about something. And so, no, I'm not saying read this book so you can just go around arguing with everybody, but it helps you understand, helps you understand the world and it helps you understand yourself. And part of the importance of a board certified health coach is if, if somebody's just a regular Joe Schmo calling themselves a health coach, these people are, well, they don't go through the same training we do. So they tend to make bad arguments like you need to eat healthier. You come to me and, and I'm telling you, you need to eat healthier. That's a bad argument for change. That's the appeal to authority. I'm, I'm telling you, you need to do something. But board certified health coaches are ninjas and understand the complexities in a uh, judo expert level of arguing. And in a sense, we force you to make my argument for me. Because, I mean, I, I know how to get from A to B. I know the behavioral intricacies. And I know all these things. But it doesn't matter. My appeal to authority telling you what I know and telling you you need to do this doesn't mean shit. So I'm here to help you build new arguments for change, help you build the case, help you write over the programming that is currently operating your mind and writing new programming. And I mean that very technically. All while saying as little as possible, all while not really directing. And there are times to direct, but for the most part, it's a guiding process. Using motivational interviewing and appreciative inquiry and nonviolent communication. It's a lot to think about as a coach or as an individual, right? Because individuals, we know, can make changes on their own. But part of the reason that the coaching industry exists in the first place is because it's not always the easiest thing. And there are health coaches, there are business coaches, there are specific like confidence coaches, people, dating coaches, all kinds of niches in coaching because some people can figure this out on their own, but some people need help. And I will say coaching has definitely changed uh, how I argue, how I communicate in general. I'm not, uh, well, I, I actually, I am a confrontational person, but uh, it, I guess it's, it's made me less mean confrontational. Not that I, I want to be or am a mean person, but because I am naturally confrontational, I can sometimes be perceived that way or I can stumble into meanness accidentally and get myself into trouble. Uh, but I'm very grateful for health coaching, which has helped me improve my communication skills, my, my nonviolent communication in a way where uh, I've addressed this and it's helped a lot and I'm thankful for that. But it's, it's changed, and, and this is very relevant to anybody who maybe uh, feels argumentative or uh, they're around people who are argumentative or confrontational in some way, and they would like to improve their communication skills to be better at communicating or, or, or better at being confrontational in a way where we're not mean or anything like that. Um, what should I do? Well, I would say as somebody who's gone through health coaching training, there's a certain mindset change 
that can take place that would be very helpful for arguing and, and confrontational episodes is to relinquish this idea of winning. If I'm exchanging ideas with somebody, I don't want to win. That isn't very cooperative. That is competitive. And what are the, like, if I'm arguing with, with somebody about a controversial topic, what are the chances of the opposing party going, oh, I am completely wrong and you are right. How could I be so foolish? Like, if you are competing, if you're trying to win on some level, that is the result that you are implicitly trying to go after. So instead, seek cooperation because that is actually achievable to exchange ideas and goals or to exchange ideas so that the goal is to understand the truth mutually. So we both walk away having learned something. We both walk away finding something wrong about our argument because there always is. So first, how do I improve my arguing or communication skills? Get rid of this idea uh, of winning and, and being competitive about this and try to approach it from a cooperative mentality. And this is true for health coaches, of course. We're never competing with our clients. We're cooperating. What else? Well, health coaches say much less and ask more questions. And I think the average uh, or just the, the general person can benefit from considering this as well. Uh, a lot of people don't exactly listen. We think we're listening because we can hear, but hearing and listening are not the same thing. Very often we wait for somebody to stop talking so that we can just jump in and say whatever is in our head. And the truth is, most people have no idea what they're talking about. Um, I know I, I say that very, very generally, but very often people have unorganized thoughts. We operate on biases and heuristics. We are filled with contradictions. We are influenced by propaganda. We're motivated by our ego and on and on. And I say this because if we are arguing with somebody in a way that starts approaching confrontation in a bad way, remember to choose battles and be respectful because sometimes it is not worth going on. If I'm with a client and we start entering territories uh, where it's not productive, it's not coaching in any way, well, I just, okay, let's, let's move on. Let's talk about something else. Same thing. If, you know, in, in real life, choose battles and be respectful. Because sometimes also, this, I, I haven't, I guess, experienced this in coaching, but just in real life, some people don't accept reality. Some people are immature. Some people are agenda driven. And in the context here of arguing, uh, you know, the, the most productive and healthy thing and mindful thing and mature thing and respectful thing is to just, uh, just let it go. Because if we are seeking truth and cooperation and the, the open exchange of ideas, uh, will it be accomplished by engaging with those types of people who are immature, who are just ideologically driven or who won't accept reality. I had somebody tell me, um, I won't be specific, uh, but somebody was expressing an opinion and they said, this is fact. And uh, so if, if somebody doesn't understand the difference between fact and opinion, that's a big red flag. Just move on from the argument. Uh, but I, I don't want to get too far away from 
things that also relate to health coaching. So when, when we're, we are arguing with somebody, it's important to show genuine interest and authentically have curiosity about the other person's side. And that, that fails to happen when we are just waiting for somebody to shut up so we can jump in and say our idea. When we're doing that, you can see it. Like we're tapping our foot. We're like, yeah, 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 come on, get to the point, get to the point. We're not really listening. So it can be helpful to sort of have faith in your own brain to have the idea, whatever idea you have that you're trying to hold on to, have faith in yourself that it will come to you uh, when they're done talking. And trust that you'll get more benefit from the conversation if you show genuine interest and authentically have curiosity about the other side. Because especially if you are a little bit competitive and you are, and I'm not advocating for this, but if you are trying to, um, you know, have a back and forth where it is like a debate sort of thing, um, sometimes people can make their case without saying a single word, just by examining what the other party says. So if you show genuine interest and authentically have curiosity about the other person's side, I mean, you could spend the whole debate tearing apart their argument, finding all the contradictions and flaws, and you might never even have to say a word about your opinion. Um, that's not exactly related to health coaching, but uh, as I say that, I'll remind you to be careful not to be a, uh, a bully, because if you win an argument, that doesn't mean you're right. It means you argued better, and you missed an opportunity to have someone on your team. You might have made an enemy. Uh, you, you might have missed an opportunity to positively influence the world. And instead of seeking cooperation, you, you sought some sort of intellectual challenge. And so again, referring back to health coaching, if somebody is just like uh, uh, not exactly a board certified health coach, they might try to win their argument. They might try to really sell you or convince you on the idea that you have to do this thing I'm telling you, I'm, I'm your coach. This is what you have to do. Everybody misses out. The coach misses out on an opportunity to understand the client and the client misses out on the opportunity to understand what really motivates them and, and how they can advance their mind forward and not just maybe check something off a list. So here's a communication cheat code. If, if you are one of those people who maybe is waiting for somebody to stop talking, you're hearing, but you're not listening. Reflective listening is a skill that health coaches use. That is exactly what it sounds like. Um, reflective listening. If, if somebody says something to me, I ate a bowl of cereal this morning, to listen reflectively, I would say, well, it sounds like you had a breakfast this morning of cereal. You know, it's just something. I could repeat it word for word. That is reflective listening and it, it's something that feels pretty unnatural at first um, but it does accomplish a lot it shows that you are listening it shows that you're not just waiting to respond it breaks the idea of arguing because i'm i am listening i'm not just trying to throw points at you And, you know, why do people go to a therapist? I guess to feel heard. It could be a lot of reasons. But it's about asking the right questions and trying to overcome certain things. The, the, the therapist is very much focused on the past, but a health coach 
is very much focused on the future. And it's, it's just about asking the right questions to accomplish a certain result. And therapists and health coaches both use this reflective listening tool to evoke certain responses. And so you can use this in, in everyday conversation, in arguing, in try it out. Because it really causes a different response in conversation. It really tunes people in. It really gets us on the same wavelength. So what else? I'm looking through my list here. Some of this might be uncomfortable, like, you know, trying that, asking reflective or, or uh, using reflective language. But see how it goes. We do ask questions in a very strategic way. Here's, here's a good thing I can go into. Positive psychology. Uh, I did mention therapy. They're very much focused on the past and the negative. What went wrong? Tell me about your trauma. Health coaches are very oriented in positive psychology. And this is a mentality that you can harness um, or be aware of the positive versus negative things as uh, negative thoughts in your mind. Where instead of saying something like, you know, um, what's the worst thing that happened to you today? Should be a very negative approach. What's the best thing that happened to you today? It's a hyperbolic example here. But that's maybe how I would start my health coaching session. What's the best thing that happened to you today? And evoke that positivity. What are your strengths? What's going well? I don't want to talk about the trauma. Like, How can we leverage that towards success? Let's talk about your trauma. So we focus on positive psychology, and that can be useful for anybody when they feel stuck in depressive thoughts, feeling inadequate, things like that. It's really just a matter of making a decision to focus on more positive things. Focus on what you do well. But here's the last thing. This is where I'll end it is the last applicable thing that health coaches focus on that you can use for yourself is understanding levels of readiness. I've mentioned this in the past around sales, how uh, corporations, marketers will construct their campaigns in a way that is oriented around your level of readiness to purchase something. Are you problem aware? Are you solution aware? Where, like, where are you at? And when it comes to behavior change, health coaches consider the same sort of thing. There are stages of readiness to change. So pre-contemplation, are you even thinking about it? Pre-contemplation meaning like you're, you're not thinking about it. Contemplation, you are thinking about it. Action, you're moving on it. Maintenance, so you've moved on it. Now you're trying to do the upkeep. I might have missed one there, but you get the point. Each stage requires different questions. So if you are in pre-contemplation, you are not even thinking about a behavior change. Well, you can be sure the last thing I want to do is try to suggest possible behavior changes. We need to figure out why you're there. What would move you into the next stage of contemplation? How do we really get you thinking about it? And I say this because if you're considering making changes of your own, maybe you've been stuck. What does that tell you? Maybe you're stuck in contemplation. If you've been thinking about it, you haven't really been acting on it. So then you could ask yourself, all right, 
I've established that I'm stuck in contemplation because I haven't been acting on it. I've just been thinking about it. What, what can I do to move me from contemplation into action? What's that going to take? And that could be a lot. And that's what a health coach would help with, asking the right questions, going back and forth. People can figure this out on their own. People pay for a health coach to figure this out on, uh, faster, to save time, to speed things up. They're both fine. They're both correct. So I guess the true essence of today is you already have access to all the things you need to accomplish what you want to accomplish. All the potential is there. But have you been asking yourself the right questions? Have you been avoiding some of the right questions? Do you need a health coach to help you bridge the gap? Well, if you do, check out MikeVera.com. That's Mike V-E-R-A. Or my business page is RedPillHealthAndWellness.com. If you've been listening to my show, you know that I'm all about independent health, free speech, and my mission is to make the world a healthier and more awake place. I operate on nothing but truth and integrity and an obsession for health and influence and propaganda and, and using all these different things for a positive force. I want to have a positive influence on the world and I need your help to do it. So check out my websites or consider joining my paid health coaching program, Red Pill Your Health, if you want to transform your health and get around all the misinformation and propaganda. You know what you want to do. You have some idea of how you're going to do it. And if you've been stuck or you just want to really accelerate your process, check out that program. Uh, you can find it at my website. Uh, or just like the video, share, subscribe, or if you're listening to this on Spotify or any of the audio versions, uh, please share it, spread the word, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, last but not least, please give me some uh, something. What do you want to hear next? Anything stand out to you? Uh, what are your thoughts? Even if just to say hello, let me know in the comments. But I think that's it. So stay healthy and stay awake.